Welcome to season one of BSSM Canada Alumni Podcast. We are your hosts, Brittany and Amanda. Our heart for this podcast is to capture what God is doing in Canada and around the world and share personal testimonies from other BSSM alumni. Through the conversations and stories shared, we hope to encourage and inspire you to keep pursuing the desires God has put inside of you because we believe we are on the edge of the greatest revival of all time and your life is making an impact. Welcome to season one of BSSM Canadian Alumni Podcast. We're your hosts, Brittany and Amanda. Um, Today we have Amy Hayworth on the interview today all the way from Redding, California. Yes. Hello. So good to be with you guys. It's good to connect. We are old friends way, way back to two years ago. And um, I'm so excited about what you guys are doing and just to chat today more about my experience here and the culture and all that God's been doing. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. And you're originally from Canada. (laughs) Yes. Born and raised. Only been in Reading for the past three years. So grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and uh, but I've been living on the West Coast in BC for quite a while. Awesome. And why don't you share just a little bit more about yourself, just so, you know, listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit about your background. Um, yeah, I would love to know more. Some passions of yours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm single. I have been in ministry my whole life. So before doing BSSM, I was managing a nonprofit in Canada. We did worship events and discipleship for worship leaders and artists and creatives. And so I was kind of managing all aspects of that, living life on tour most of the time, which I loved. And then um, when COVID hit, things had to shift. And I thought, what better time to move internationally than during a worldwide pandemic. And so made the move to Reading then. But yeah, I've been in ministry my whole life. I love it. I love the bride. I um, have a passion for seeing the bride come into the fullness of who she is. And there's nothing I'd rather do than help people get into the presence of God and be transformed. And so um, in addition to kind of managing the ministry, I also started kind of my own project called Speak Beloved, and I wrote a book and have my own podcast and have been creating resources there. I do a lot of dream interpretation and things like that. So whatever I can do to resource the bride in this season is what I feel called to. Amazing. Well, thanks for sharing more. And you also, um, you wrote a book as well. And what was the book's title again? Yeah, it's called Victory Over Rejection. Perfect. Well, well, we'll dive into that later on in the interview too, but amazing. Well, thanks Yeah, for sharing more. Amanda, I guess we got a bunch of questions also too, rapid fire questions from Amy too. So let's get, <laughs> let's get into this. Okay. So first question is, what year did you attend BSSM and who were your RGPs E for each year? Hmm. Yeah, so started in i did first year in fall of 2020 is that right girls you can tell yes, me because you yes. were part of my class. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it was a few years ago yeah feels like a long time ago but that was just two years ago i guess so yeah i've been on campus all three years just coming to the close of my third year now 
And so first year I had Gabe Lopez as my RGP, the um, known as the TikTok pastor. <laughs> you know, he's I've seen up. his, yeah, he's very like engaging. I love his funny videos. Very funny. Yeah, he's amazing. True, true fivefold pastor. Uh, he's incredible. And then in second year, I had Katie Nikolai, who has um, since moved on to Nashville, but she was a pastor here for quite a while. Fiery, passionate, lover of Jesus. And that's been incredible. And then in third year, I've been um, with Michael Buss, who is Haley Braun's PA. So I've been really with Michael and Haley this year, kind of got a two for one deal there. So that's been just incredible. That's awesome. Okay, so next question is, what would one thing that you learned from each RGP? Mm, That's great. Yeah. I mean, Gabe uh, is what I learned from him for sure is just that uh, performance has no value in the kingdom. (laughs) Just from day one, he loved me so completely and didn't need anything from me and just had no value for anything that I could perform for him. And I really needed that. And I know a lot of people do, especially if you've been in ministry for a while. Um, So that was definitely one of the biggest gifts that I got from him in first year. And with Katie, um, I think one thing that I got from her is just a, um, a passion for the presence that just like at any cost, like abandon everything if the presence is in the room and have your senses tuned to know when the Holy spirit is moving. Um, that was something that she stewarded really well in our revival groups and then seeing her lead the big room as well. That's something that she carried and was, uh, something I learned from just watching her really. Oh, I know all the RGPs are so amazing. Like I don't even know them all, but just even observing, right. How they just do life and you can learn so much. So those are some good nuggets. Um, Okay. Amy, what are a few things that make you smile? I mean, I'm sure there's lots, but if you could pick a couple of things. Things that make me smile. I think kids, (laughs) kids always make me smile. Like I need to have kids in my life. Um, they, there's just such a purity in the childlikeness that they carry of, um, they'll just do things that as adults we've stopped doing, you know, they'll just dance for no reason or they'll (laughs) just run up and be loud in a place that as adults, we think we shouldn't be loud. Um, yeah, kids make me smile for sure. I think um, when I see someone taking a risk, I'm just thinking about like the environment here in our class this year. I am smiling all the time when I see my peers taking a risk, leading worship, um, you know, giving a word, trying a word of knowledge, even if it fails. Uh, that always makes me smile because I just feel, I feel the heart of God. I feel his pride over his kids. And when you step out in new ways, you're just relying completely on him. And I, I love seeing that happen. So those are just a couple things that, 
that make me smile. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And then you touched earlier just how you kind of transitioned to BSSM, but what are some other reasons why you wanted to go to BSSM? Hmm. I mean, honestly, for me, Haley was a big part of that. I remember watching her on Bethel TV. So she was, um, if people know her story, she had a wild encounter kind of right as COVID was starting in like the spring of 2020. And I remember seeing on Bethel TV, seeing Chris pull her up and honor her as a leader in this environment. And she was a mess at the time. Like the, the Lord was shaking her violently for weeks and she was very emotional and all she could do was cry. Really. She couldn't even speak, but Chris was honoring her as a woman in leadership and as someone who was having a lot of emotions as someone who had strong prophetic gifts. And it just really resonated with me because those things were happening in me too. And except in the environment I was in, it was more of a limitation And so to see a house and a culture that would honor those very things that were limiting me in my current position, that, that was really a big reason why I came to Bethel. I needed to be in an environment where I could just embrace those parts of myself and just see Mm -hmm. what the Lord could do with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Actually, when she shared that story, um, that was back in 2019 was that at the open heavens conference right mm. and uh she got called out for that work through michael Koulianis. was that the time yeah and then her encounter started in january 2020 okay yeah because it was funny when she did mention that i was like i swear i was there and then i was talking to a couple of friends and i'm like we were there <laughs> but i didn't know who she was um yeah. so amazing and then now you got the opportunity to intern with her wow God is awesome to just orchestrate that all. <laughs> yeah, really full circle for me. Yeah. Okay. What is your life verse? Uh, I mean, so many. Psalm 27 is my life psalm. It feels like, um, you know, you will like wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, for me, it feels like that whole Psalm is my testimony. It kind of describes my life, but I need to end on that note of hope. And no matter what I'm facing, it always comes back to this promise. I'm going to see his goodness in this lifetime. It's not all a promise for when I die and go to heaven. This is actually his will for me on earth to see his goodness expressed through my life. So that's been just a real anchor for me, for sure. That's really beautiful. Okay, we're going to jump into some rapid fire questions. So ice ice cream or cake? Ice cream, 100%. Tasty, of course. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I miss that place. (laughs) Um, Okay, vacation or staycation? Ah, okay. I was just talking about this uh, with my team. I've actually never been on a vacation. And so I feel like that is the will of God for my life in the near future. <laughs> I've traveled so much with ministry, but I've never had just pure vacation. So I'm going to prophesy over myself. Vacation. Nice. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're declaring that over you. I'm surprised you've never been on a vacation. 
<laughs> okay, you're going on one. Okay, <laughs> morning or night? Ah, uh, night for sure. The, that's where things get thick for me. <laughs> right, being a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just being up late. Like sometimes it takes a while. I'm just thinking of events mostly, the presence of God, and and you need to spend some time there. So night, yes. Coffee or tea? Coffee, 100%. Black. Black and dark. Nice. Um, okay, lake or ocean? I'm going to say lake. Yeah. Laundry or dishes? Laundry. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, My favorite, too. <laughs> I love, I love so laundry. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda's the laundry queen. I was like, can you do my laundry when we live together? <laughs> Okay, books She's or like, movies? Oh, yeah. Books, 100%. Our culture, our generation needs more of a value for books. Mm. Yeah, I is there agree. A, is, there some... is there a book oh, right sorry. now that's really, like, stand out to you in this season? Hmm. I mean, I haven't... It's been such a busy season for me. I haven't been able to do as much reading as I want. I'm just rereading um, The Veil by Blake Healy, which would be familiar for most BSSM students about seeing the spirit. But then also I, I've just been helping with Haley's. She's writing her first book right now and it's going to launch in a couple months. And so I'll just do a, a pre plug for that. It's incredible. I've had the honor of reading the whole thing and it's something that everyone needs to read about encountering the Holy spirit. Wow, it's amazing. I'm excited for that. I know. I want to read it. I'm like, I want to read it right yeah. now. Me too. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah, so we want to dive into the topic today of identity and confidence. So I know that you, you know, shared a little bit just as far as what God's done in your journey so far being at BSSM, but wanted to, uh, for you to dive in a little bit more on share a time in your journey where you struggled with your confidence and being seen, knowing who you are, and how did God bring you through that time as you found greater freedom? I know that's a big, big one to dive into. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of times in your journey, but something specific you want to share around that. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I lived most of my life that way. <laughs> the first 30 years of my life, I never felt confident and I always felt insecure. And no matter how um, like connected I was in a community, I felt like I didn't belong. And rejection was really the giant in my life that I had to face. And it defined me for that first 30 years of my life. It was my closest friend. It was the biggest thing I knew. It consumed most of my thoughts. And so it uh, rejection and the fear of rejection really was defining me for a long mm -hmm. time. I don't remember being without it really mm -hmm. in that part of my life. And it affected everything, you know, like mm -hmm. rejection will, I say in my book, like rejection will steal from your past, but it's the fear of rejection that robs your present and your future. Mm -hmm. So you can have wounds from past rejections that are real or perceived. And that affects, um, your past, but then you start to partner with the fear of rejection and it just consumes everything and it'll affect 
every interaction that you have with people. Mm-hmm. And so that really consumed my life and stole so much from me until the Lord got a hold of me. <laughs> yeah. And I've been, I've been a Christian my whole life. I grew up in the church. I've loved Jesus my whole life. Uh, but it wasn't until kind of things, you know, you say you hit rock bottom where you just mm-hmm. kind of feel like you're out of options. And that happened for me. And it was the grace of God where he kind of drew me away from everything else that I had been relying on and looking to. And the the pain was great enough for me to need to make some changes, you know? Mm. And was I, it like repeated um, just rejection as far as like just relationships or was it like a variety of just different things that were happening in your life? Yeah, it was definitely like from a really young age, the enemy planted that seed and there was some things happening in my family that created an environment for that. But I remember as a very young child, probably six years old, I had uh, my name, Amy, means beloved. And and that's what I kind of named my ministry after. But I remember I had this card with a verse on it and it said like, Amy, beloved. Mm. And I remember looking at that as a six-year-old and being upset because it just felt so untrue. And I would cry out in in prayer Mm -hmm. god that's not true that's not my name i know that my name is rejected because that felt like the most true thing about me even as a young child and so i i had accepted that as my identity from a really young age and that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right i would speak it over myself and agree with it and i would see it more so i saw it in my family, I saw it in all of my friendships throughout my life, mm. through school and as a young adult. And and it was just the my greatest fear, honestly, mm. was to be rejected. Mm. And so I got to a point in life where my greatest fear actually came true. And I talk about this in my book, like my greatest fear is that um, – everyone that I trusted, which was very few people because of my fear of rejection would walk away from me. And that happened. It did. You play out these uh, kind of worst case scenarios in your head and mine happened. (laughs) Wow. But what I realized is that when I got to that point of my worst fear coming true, It was absolutely painful and devastating. But in that moment, I realized that I was now free from that fear. Mm. Because it had happened, there was actually nothing left for the enemy to hold over my head and taunt me with. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you've been rejected now by everyone. There was nothing left that he could threaten me with. Right. And so it was a beautiful and painful moment where then the Lord could come in and say, okay, now it's my turn. Now Mm. the enemy doesn't get to keep taunting you with rejection. And now we're going to address the root of that fear. Because when, when the thing you fear happens, you're not fearing it anymore, right? Fear is the same as hope. 
it's believing for something to happen. And so that the power of it was removed and the Lord was able to come in and do the deep healing work in my heart that I needed. Wow. And so that was around um, your, like your 30th birthday or just like, cause you said around your age 30. Yeah. Around then the older you get, the less you start keeping track of the <laughs> Yeah, I know. You're like, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And so, yeah, you obviously go into more of a deep dive in your book um, and share more nuggets and just the journey there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a process. But for me, it was the Lord. Um, it was just his kindness. Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes when you are in that place of real deep wounding and pain, you think that the Lord's going to come with a lot of sympathy. <laughs> and I, I definitely wanted that, yeah. but what I needed was correction. And so he came with a kindness that brought me to repentance and where I wanted him to kind of um, work up that thing in me of how other people had treated me and really mm-hmm. sympathize. He was actually bringing correction to some things I needed to repent for and the way I needed to renew my mind and really kind of reset my priorities and the things that I was looking at. So. Right. Shifting. Yeah. That's such a beautiful place like that he brought you to. And then I'm sure there was more layers, you know, as you went, right. Like, cause I'm sure some things, even like you mentioned with BSSM, just perfectionism performance there. Right. Um, so how has like coming into like a, just a greater understanding of who you are as a daughter, how has that affected you now um, in your relationships now, just that security that you are loved and that just that, you know, like that lens perspective, right? Like you're not rejected, you're wanted. And just that whole thing of just being seen, like how has that affected now your everyday kind of life and just how you do life? Yeah. I mean, that kind of healing affects everything, right? You see it in your relationships, you see it in your work, you see it in just your everyday conversations. When you start thinking differently, it affects your feelings and um, it will work itself out in every area of your life. And that can be uncomfortable for some people. Um, Me going through a lot of healing meant I was doing a lot of things differently. And for the people that are close to you, it's sometimes hard for them to adjust to such a drastic change. Um, And that's one of the beautiful things about coming to BSSM is you kind of get a fresh start with a whole new community and really is an opportunity to kind of redefine some things in yourself and get to a bit of a fresh start, right? So it's really fun being in this culture and people not knowing that old version of me Mm -hmm. and just getting to be my truest self, um, still in process, but definitely have walked through a lot of healing. And so it's been fun to be in a community that only knows this version of me. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. (laughs) How has being at Bethel and being in the community impacted your 
being confident and being authentic to you? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, performance is a big part of what has shifted for me here. I think because I've been in ministry for so long, before mm-hmm. I was here, I was leading in most places I was at. And when you come to Bethel, there's so many amazing, powerful leaders in every room that they don't need you to lead anything. <laughs> like they definitely develop leadership in us as students. And the further along and you go with BSSN, the more opportunities you have. But for the most part, they didn't need a lot from me, especially in first year. And so that was really freeing for me because they didn't require much from me, but I still was fully accepted and loved. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's not a, a perfect environment. There's, I think this environment is definitely intensive and it will just reveal whatever's going on inside of you. And so there's still opportunities for me all the time to feel rejected here and to question my place and my value. But the part of the culture here that has been so helpful to me is the value for the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's really at the core of everything that BSSM does, right? It's Mm -hmm. the presence that transforms. Mm -hmm. And that is what I needed. I think when I came to BSSM, you know, we have that tagline, we owe the world an encounter with God. And I kind of came for the first part for the, we owe the world. I'm like, yes, let's, let's do the things I've, I've a YWAMer as well. So I have the, like, I'll die for the gospel. Like, let's go and preach the word. Um, and the, the second part is kind of the sneaky part that got me is the, it's the encounter with God that we owe the world. And so it's not actually about what I'm bringing or what I'm doing. It's about getting into the presence of God and revival. What we're running after is the personal regional and global transformation through the presence of God. And so it always comes back to that. And in everything that we do at BSSM, it's getting people into the presence of God and trusting that he will transform and he will define things and bring correction where it's needed. So that's been the most impactful thing for me. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Just another thing that I think is really important when we're talking about um, our confidence and our insecurities, things that are coming up in us when we recognize it is just that um, our insecurities are often revealing places of false identity. And so it, it's really tempting to um, try to build up our confidence. But I think mm-hmm. if the Lord's revealing insecurity in an area of your life, it's an opportunity to look at where you've been finding identity. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I'm feeling really insecure about my body, my weight, my body image, that is just revealing that I've been looking to find security through this false identity of how my body looks. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a correction that the Lord needs to make in my heart into finding my security and my identity in him. Like he has to be the only thing that defines us. And if I'm feeling insecure about my place 
in at BSSM. Mm-hmm. That's because I've been trying to find an identity through my place at BSSM. And that's something that needs correction and repentance. So it's not always about, oh, I need to feel more confident and I want to feel good about myself. It's actually about this correction usually of idolatry and pride. And for me, at least, that's what the Lord reveals. And it requires a repentance and a a turning of my thoughts and, and my priorities and really who's on the throne. And it's the same as rejection for me. Like there was so much correction in that where I was putting other people's opinions above the Lord's. And it wasn't just about me learning to feel good about myself. It was actually, oh God, I'm so sorry that I've been valuing other people's opinions over yours. And it's not actually about whether they reject me or not. Mm -hmm. It's about where have I been finding my security and my identity? That's good. That's good. That was really good thing for me. I'm like, I always want people to tell me the truth. Like with Haley, I'm like, please tell me the truth. If you see something, Mm -hmm. I want to get to the root of it. I don't want to mess around with making myself feel good if that's not going to actually help me. Totally. Oh, yeah. Is that something um, that just being at BSSM, is that something that you just really, I guess, learned? Yeah, well, I learned it the hard way (laughs) through like it was about um, probably seven years before I came here that I went through this really deep healing journey with the Lord um, with my fear of rejection and yeah. anxiety. Um, but it, it has helped me here. I can't imagine being in this environment as like a 20 year old before I had walked through that stuff, I would have been just full of anxiety because there's so much opportunity here to compare yourself to others and to feel the social anxiety. Yeah. Definitely. I know a lot, like I didn't do second year, but I know a lot of people told me like that they felt that performance, um, like just as far as spirit kind of come up and arise. Cause you know, everyone's trying to like be this leader and do these things. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a powerful environment. Mm-hmm. And when people are around that kind of empowerment, it will just reveal anything in your heart that needs to be dealt with for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Oh yeah. Right. There's that there, Lord. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a continual healing. I remember. Yeah. First year even, it was just so much inner healing. I feel like me and Amanda were like, all we did was cry. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, I'm crying about something new. <laughs> oh my God. It's really, yes. really good. Yeah. All right. So what have you learned from your third year in this season? I know that you said you're with two different people, um, Haley, and then Michael was the other guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some takeaways so far, just as you're coming to your end of third year? Mm. Yeah. I mean, third year, you guys haven't had the chance to do yet. I hope you still might one day, but it's so vastly different than first and second year in that the majority of your experience is based on your mentor who you're with. We only have class together for two hours a week. And that is a very short part of the week. And so most of it is based on whatever your mentor is doing. So I've had the honor and privilege of being with Haley this year, traveling with her, 
basically just supporting her when she's speaking. So I've heard Haley Brown's messages many <laughs> times this year, <laughs> which is an honor and not a hardship at all. So I feel like I've been immersed in this message of the fire of the Holy Spirit and our need to be anchored in him. And she also is, has just so much wisdom about um, relationships and emotions and um, dealing with people and um, allowing things to come up in yourself. And I think for me, there's a couple of things, there's so much I've received this year, but probably two of the major things would be just allowing my weakness to be revealed. Um, so not trying to hide or run away when something is coming up in me that I don't like, mm -hmm. and instead inviting God into that place and allowing him to fill it rather than trying to fix it myself, mm. being okay with the discomfort of that place. Um, that's been just very transformative for me. And then the other thing that I've really received through her is um, like, I'm quite pastoral by nature. That's sort of my event, I would say. And what I've learned though, is that the best way to love and serve people is again, to get them into the presence of God. And so rather than focusing on what the room needs and what the people around me need, mm -hmm. I've learned to rather host the presence of God and trust that he will do what the, he will serve them and he will meet their needs. Mm -hmm. That's been a correction that I needed. And, um, just something that I've learned to really be aware mm -hmm. of This is what I carry. This is kind of what I lean towards and I need to watch out for that and remember that it's the presence that transforms and is going to meet the needs that everyone in the room has. Mm -hmm. Such an amazing experience. Um, yeah. And so what are, um, now that you're wrapping up third year, like what are some of your plans? Yeah. What are some dreams and some plans that you have moving forward now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the uncomfortable transition phase where I don't fully know what's next for me. I know that the Lord has said, I'm not to go back to what I was doing. Um, and that I'm supposed to move forward into new territory. And so I am probably going to take the summer here in Reading and just uh, wait on the Lord and see what opportunities come up, what doors he will open. And I know that I'm called to ministry. I know that I'm called to serve people and to build the bride. And I'm just not sure exactly what that will be in the next season. So I think I'll be creating more resources in the future um, more books. I've kind of taken this past year to step back from creating my own stuff to serve this house and, mm -hmm. and where I've been this year. So I think there'll be a transition back into kind of building what the Lord has given me. Um, so I'm not sure exactly. I'm praying about it. If anyone gets a word for me, please reach out. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. <laughs> 
Well, whatever you end up doing, it's going to be amazing. And yeah, you're Mm -hmm. just super talented. So we're excited to see what the Lord does next in your life. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So what is some encouraging words that you will have for other BSSM alumni? It it feels uh, like a weird shift to now call myself alumni, but I'm right on the cusp of that. So (laughs) I'm sure people who are further along would have more advice for me um, because I'm still in it. But I think remembering, like, I don't know if everyone's heard Paul Manwaring's message about the chair, but he talks about the the chair of the culture of BSSM and the, the heaven on earth mandate and that you can always come back to that chair no matter where you are. And so I think, you know, I am still going to need some time to process everything that the Lord has done during my time here. But I would hope that in the months and years to come that I would have Um, those touchstones, those moments, those encounters with the Lord here that will be so cemented in me that I can remember them in the really tough moments. And I can remember that it's the presence of God that transforms. And I can remember that when I don't know what to do, I need to worship. And I can remember that the culture of honor is going to be vital to every environment that I'm in, in the future. And so if I had anything to say to alumni, it would just be, you are fully equipped to face the things that you're facing in this season. And the Lord has given you everything that you need through his Holy spirit. And that it's the presence of God that will transform anything in your life that needs to be transformed. Beautiful. Love it, Amy. <laughs> well, where can people get in touch with you online, your website, social media, if they want to connect with you and also your dream interpretation courses and more to come in your book. Um, so where can people find you? Yeah, you can find all of that at speakbeloved.com. So I have a couple of e-courses on there. Um, you can get the book on Amazon, Victory Over Rejection, and through the website as well. And then social media. Yeah, I'm not super active, but I'm on them. So at Speak Beloved for all of those, I'd love to connect. I love connecting with alumni and students um, everywhere I go. So it's always fun to see what's happening online in your world. Amazing. Thanks again, Amy. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited to be Awesome. Well, thanks again, Amy. Thanks everyone for tuning in to a brand new episode of the BSSM alumni podcast. And there's going to be so much more to come. And just hearing everyone's stories is super unique. Like we can learn from each other and just the power of the testimony too. Um, And just hearing Amy's story today, I hope that this just really encouraged you. And I like, I feel like I need to go back and now run It's not good stuff. So thank you, everyone. Feel free to subscribe again. And we're excited to get rolling. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.